When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hi, it's Dan from Desert Island Dicks. Uh, this episode features Harriet Kemsley, and uh, we've just recorded this morning. It was a bit touch and go for a minute because uh, when we started recording, her baby had just gone to sleep and her babysitter had uh, dropped out last minute. So we were worried that we were going to wake up the baby, but we did it. We managed to record a whole episode uh, without the baby waking up. So that was exciting and I think led an extra sort of frisson of excitement to the whole thing. But yeah, it was a really nice chat. So I hope you enjoy it. Other big news is that uh, we can now announce our guest for the Cheerful Earful podcast festival uh, on the 6th of October. That's a Thursday, 6th of October. We're going to have the one and only John Robbins. He does loads of podcasts. He's a broadcaster, award-winning stand-up. He's brilliant, and I have no doubt that he'll be a wonderful guest. So you can get tickets now. They're £8. It's Thursday the 6th of October at the Bedford Pub in Ballam, South London. It's a really nice venue. Um, They've got a great room for us to be in, so it's very exciting. And uh, I hope to see some of you there. We'll put the link in the description of this podcast. And it's also up on our Twitter and Instagram pages at DixPod. So come along and see Desert Island Dicks live with me and John Robbins. Right. Now on with the show. This is Desert Island X with Harriet Kemsley. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest. And here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian and podcaster Harriet Kemsley. How are you? Hello, um, I'm good, thank you. We've uh, we've got a slight problem as the babysitter cancelled last minute at 4.30 this morning. My husband has gone to Helsinki, so there's currently a baby sleeping next to me, which adds a kind of um, frisson of excitement. <laughs> Is that the right word? Yeah. I started speaking a bit more quietly, and then I realized it doesn't really matter from my end, but I was, <laughs> I'm really aware that there's a sleeping baby. No, you're free to do what you want. I feel a bit like we're on, um, you know, that bus in speed, and if I if I go over a certain level, if my voice it goes over a certain level, then um, the, ba- the bus is going to crash. So, yeah, stressful. Okay. We're going to see how far we can get before your baby wakes up. Great. So, I mean, you you know, you're having a busy time. You've got a young baby. You've just been at Edinburgh Festival. You're about to do a tour. I mean, does this mean that you're in a position where you find it very easy to rant about all the people and things you hate? Or are you more sort of more reserved than that? (laughs) I think I am. I do. I think I often have um, people that I dislike that other people don't. Or I will, I will, um, I, maybe I'm quite petty or specific things will just 
make me furious that other people seem to not be phased by. And I think when you're on little sleep and you're busy, then those things are going to really um, drive you wild. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny in the sort of days of having a new baby and people sometimes think it's going to be this sort of like blissful experience of sharing the world and new things. To the, uh, some of the angriest I've been. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good point, yeah. <laughs> Just tiny things like, why won't I open this fucking packet? <laughs> why can't this one thing, if this one thing goes right, then I just feel like, you know, you have some kind of control. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I always find in the in the period between sort of like eating dinner and getting my boys to sleep, it doesn't matter what mood I start off in. Like by the time I shut the door and I'm just like, <sighs> and then I can sort of resume normal operations as normal. But um, anyway, look, let's get started. Let's hear about the people and things that do your head in. So who's going to be the first person joining you on the island? So this person hasn't necessarily done anything, but I've always had a thing against, do you remember that presenter? Is his name Matthew Kelly? Mm, he used to present You Bet and um, Stars in Their Eyes. Stars in Their Eyes. That was yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have never trusted him. And I think it's because I once had a dream where he chained me to a radiator. And now every, <laughs> every time I think about him, it makes me so mad. And I think there were some allegations or something, but maybe they were like dropped. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> It feels it feels bad to be angry with someone because of a dream. But you know when you have a very vivid dream and then you just can't mm. trust the person? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think there's just something a little bit sinister about game show hosts anyway, you know, because mm. they're sort of like perma-smiling. I don't know, you know the way they always put their arms around people they don't really know, that sort of... There's something <laughs> a little bit odd about them, isn't there? Like, so, and I remember once, so years ago, Matthew Kelly... I think he always had like a goatee, didn't he? And then I think he shaved yeah. or a beard and then he shaved it off for a while and it was just so unsettling. It was it's like, what's going on and why have you shaved that off? And like, <laughs> who are you hiding from? <laughs> I yeah, Well, my husband has a beard and sometimes he'll, um, he'll shave it. And for days afterwards, I'll be like genuinely uncomfortable because it's like, I don't trust who this person is. Like, I know it's him, but like my whole body is like, Danger! It's yeah, really, it's this really man weird. Exactly. Yeah. This is person touching me. This seems really inappropriate. <laughs> it's kind of fun. I can like cheat on my husband, but like with my husband, it's a fun, uh, fun game. Yeah, that's good. Maybe I should get my wife to wear a beard or something for the same sort of thing. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, and so, how old were you when you had this dream then? So I think I was in my early twenties, and it was just such a vivid dream. And I just he didn't even necessarily do anything bad but he well I mean chaining someone to a radiator is quite bad but I just was I was just so cross about it and I just since then I just had a really like bad feeling about him and it's just so hard to shake that it's like if you have like a sex dream about someone it's like impossible to like speak to them afterwards it's so Mm. weird how your subconscious can like really mess with you definitely and I think like that's always going to be there you're on the island with him and there's always going to be an element of mistrust, <laughs> you know, even if he turns out to be just this lovely guy and like, oh, that's why you're always happy on telly, because you are always happy. But, you know, you just sort of think, but there's something lurking behind those eyes that I know that you're capable of chaining me to a radiator. <laughs> even though, I mean, thankfully, most islands are radiator free. That's true. That is very true. And but yeah, the thing is, I feel like he'll, um, I'll just be like, 
really mad with him, but he won't know why. And he'll just have to keep like, like he'll, it, but the more I'm mad with him, the more I'm distant from him, the more it will make him needy and be like, have you, are you okay? And that will drive me more mad until one day I just explode. And I just say, it's because of that time you chained me to the radiator. <laughs> so like, what, what are you talking about? So it's, yeah, it's going to be, um, yeah. it's, it's going to be a, an interesting trip <laughs> to this island. I imagine for someone who's used to sort of like trying to make people at ease in sort of high pressure environments on a game show or something like that. Um, you know, it must be like quite weird for him if he can't sort of put someone at ease and like mm. they, and feels like they don't like him. And I imagine him just getting needier and needier and just really trying so hard with you. <laughs> this is it. He got into this job because he wants people to like him and I'm the only person that that can see through it because my my subconscious has given me a vision of the true Matthew Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's a really good reason. I like it a lot. Okay, so Matthew <laughs> Kelly's joining you. Uh, who's going to be the next person with you on the island? Okay, so this is not necessarily a real person, um, but they have haunted my nightmares also. Okay, everyone trusts him. I think he's brilliant, but I've never liked E.T. Do you know what? I've never seen the film E.T., and people can't believe it. And you I'm like, well, I never saw it because it never appealed to me when I was young. And now I'm not, why would I watch it? I'm a 40 year old man. I'm not <laughs> going to watch ET for the first time. Like, I've, I've got better things to do in my time. Um, but yeah, I've never been that comfortable with ET. What is it exactly about him that, that um, gives you the, the creeps? I absolutely don't trust him. I think it's the way that he points. It's like very unnerving and it's very slow. And I just, I think it's like, again, how everyone just thinks he's so brilliant and everyone's like, he's so sweet, but I just don't see it at all. And when I was younger, like even when the music came on, like that distinctive music, because the film would come on like every holiday basically. And I'd have to like run up to my room and like hide under my covers, like, because I just couldn't bear the thought that E.T. was on. And then my whole family would laugh that they'd all have like a lovely time. And I just thought, why can no one see it? Why does everyone trust E.T. when he's just pointing his finger and I don't know. Yeah. You know, sometimes things come along and they're sort of ugly things, but people find them very cute. Like trolls, you know, that was a thing. You know, at school you might have them on the end of your pencil or whatever. Yeah. And like you can sort of see that these are horrible, you know, your mum's going, oh, why do you like those disgusting little things? <laughs> That's what my mum would say. Anyway. But, <laughs> you know, and you kind of go, yeah, I get it, but this is cute. And E.T., I've never had any sort of positive feeling towards him it's like what is this sort of weird raisin with a light up finger you know <laughs> and he's always like hiding like he's always like lurking in a cupboard or like like he's not actually a trustworthy person mm. and also I don't like it when he gets really sick and then his heart like I mean it's very sad like he's like he's clearly very ill but like it's just the whole like texture of him mm. no and also, he's he's not a great conversationalist, is he? He's like, you're not going to get much chat out of him. You don't <laughs> want to talk to Matthew Kelly. E.T.'s going to like, it's like, look, we can't phone home. Like, there's, there is no phone here, you know. Even with the flying bicycle trick, it's we're on a desert island. You're not going to be able to do it for long enough. It's not going to work. They are actually an interesting double act that I'd like to see communicate. It's a bit like um, uh, R2-D2 and that other one. I, I just imagine oh, them wandering off. C3PO, I just imagine them wandering off um, in that kind of dynamic exploring an island. I've just had the thought of, of you know, you guys getting bored and Matthew Kelly doing Stars in Their Eyes with E.T. <laughs> and then just going, who are you going to be tonight? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're going to be Diana Ross. <laughs> <laughs> 
E.T. coming out with a wig made of palm tree fronds or something. <laughs> and he's wearing those those like clothes that he wore in that scene when he comes out of the cupboard. <laughs> All these oversized women's clothes. <laughs> yeah. And the, but he still just says phone home a lot, but to the tune of I don't know, you know, like upside down or whatever. Um yeah. I mean, well that that's made me feel your island might be slightly more fun than it was earlier. But no, really, I mean it's there's just something that even if he's trying to be friendly and nice, E.T., it's just the way he'll sort of like be lurking, as you say, and sort of pop out from behind a tree while you're sort of like trying yeah. to dig a hole to crap into it or something. Yeah, he'll always be staring. He's not going to be doing anything useful. He's not going to be helping towards the future of the island. He's just going to be like just stood there and you'd be like, E.T., just like do something, you know, like help. Yeah. We're all really hungry. Yeah, or just watching you sleep or just just, just not being quite right because he's got no social conventions because he's not a human. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's another fine choice. Okay, who's going who's gonna to be the final uh, person joining you on the island? Okay, the third person is a person and I don't necessarily know them very well, but I don't like... Okay, do you know that guy Salt Bay? Is his name Salt Bay? Yes. And he always has the and he has that weird way of sprinkling the salt. Yes. And I just I'm a vegetarian, and I just I just don't like I just don't like it's the meat thing. It's too much meat, and the sprinkling and the meat is just not for me. This is one of those things where you just look around and you go, "How has the world come to this?" When a man <laughs> has become famous for sprinkling salt <laughs> on meat uh, in like quite an idiosyncratic and serious way and now he's famous and he's got a restaurant in Mayfair or something and he's probably a millionaire yeah like, I think he's literally become a millionaire it's craziness yeah um I saw a review of his restaurant because his restaurant famously does like steaks that cost like 1200 quid or something yeah. and part of the reason they cost that much is because they're wrapped in gold <gasps> and I see this sort of thing where you know you see it in the paper it's like Oh, like world's most expensive desserts. And it's like, how can ice cream and whatever you've made be so expensive? And it's like, oh, it's served in a gold bowl. Like at some point, <laughs> food can't cost any more and you just have to put gold into it. <laughs> Why is it so expensive? It's the diamonds. It's just yeah. the diamonds. Bad for your teeth. I'm choking on them. Yeah, that happens. Um, but think how rich you feel. <laughs> but then you're just shitting out gold. Like it's madness. Yeah, no one's ever got, oh, this gold tastes so nice. <laughs> It's such a weird thing. It's like, you fucking idiots, why? And it's it's the combination of him and the idiots that continue to prop yeah. him up by going, yeah, this steak, oh, it's really expensive. And it's like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> it's, um, it's disgusting. And also, I think it would be so stressful to eat at that restaurant because imagine if you didn't know and then you just went and you just weren't really paying attention and you just ordered something and then the bill came. You'd be like, what the fuck? Like, that wasn't even that nice. Like... I could have had like a hundred pizza expresses for this, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just think he he's going to be someone that takes himself so very seriously. Yeah, I'm in for a really terrible time. There's literally no one I can have like a nice conversation with on this island. Absolutely. I mean, the thing is, he is basically a con man as well. Because <laughs> So that's the thing. So even if he's just like, yeah, I know, I can't believe people bought it. I just fucking like put on some glasses and sprinkled salt and charge people 1200 yeah. quid for a steak. Yeah. Fucking idiots. And part of you is going to respect that. But part of you is like, okay, well, what else are you going to do to fuck us over while we're here? Yeah, he's going to steal all the fish and he's going to be like, oh, yeah, I didn't see any fish. Then you're just going to find him like sprinkling loads of salt on fish later. And you're going to be like, I knew it. Yeah. And you couldn't resist it, could you? He'll be a good chef though. So technically like i've just made matthew kelly's life really good because he'll just have really delicious food or you might just have really overpriced food <laughs> <laughs> there'll be three coconuts please 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is so shiny. This is amazing. Um, cool. Well, I think I think you've got a, a, an interesting and diverse group. I mean, well, I was going to say not racially diverse, although actually, I mean, ET, for God's sake. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's diverse in all ways. Um, but I think it's a really interesting group of people you've picked. So, so it's great. Now, we we're talking about food and mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favorite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? Okay, so I I genuinely believe that it's a phobia. I hate bananas. Mm-hmm. So this is weird. So I have an allergy to raw fruit and raw vegetables, um, which doesn't make any sense. I'm also vegetarian, so it's all very weird. I'm not actually allergic to bananas. I just find them very untrustworthy and I hate their texture. And sometimes like people put them near me and like I'll genuinely scream. <laughs> Wow, have you always had this? Yeah, I think it's like it's like the mushiness. It's like the fact that like they can go really bad. It's like the the skin that comes off. It's like uh, it's it's really horrible. And sometimes and people are just so cavalier with their banana skins. Like they'll have a banana and then they'll just like strewn their banana skin like on a kitchen surface. And all I can do is just th- think about the banana skin until they leave, and I can like <laughs> get somebody else to get rid of it because I don't want to touch it. Wow, that's difficult because they're quite a useful kind of food, you know, they're sort of, Mm. they can like bulk things up quite nice, you know, milkshakes are good with them and like you can make banana sandwiches for kids and things like that. I know. See, my wife loves bananas, she always used to say it's her favourite fruit, but I found it quite weird because fruit to me is about being sweet and refreshing and a banana is more like a functional thing, you know. It's like saying your favourite chocolate is like 100% chocolate and you're like... There's no joy. This isn't this isn't for you. You don't know. Yeah. It's interesting that you, you can't eat raw fruit and vegetables. That's that's quite a, a difficult thing to have. <laughs> it's really stupid. I grew up on a farm. Like it doesn't make any sense. Basically, I get um like my skin's allergic to like the protein on the outside. So if it's cooked, it's destroyed. But like if you just I went to the hospital and did like a test and then they cut up loads of fruit and vegetables and they put them on my arm and then I just get like a big hive. And so the problem is it like makes your like throat like get hives and be all swollen. So it's not very yeah, good. Not a good time. No. Okay. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, a banana, because also you couldn't even, because it's all sand on the desert island, you couldn't even try and like trip people up just to sort of keep yourself entertained. You know, um, I mean, I did, I did see someone slip on a banana skin once. And as they sort of slipped, they actually looked around to see what they'd slipped on and actually laughed to themselves because they realized <laughs> that, oh my God, it does happen. I'm that person. So that was quite nice. So I think that's just the, before the they hit the deck. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She was like quite a glamorous model looking woman and she kind of just skidded on it a bit but didn't fall <laughs> over and then turned around and was like, oh my God, it does happen. Um, but you can't do that on the island because of the sound. Which is what I'm saying, they're so dangerous. You, and you don't even like to touch them, so no. you couldn't even do that anyway. So yeah, just having a big pile of bananas to go through. Oh, awful. Yeah. E.T.'s head sticking out of them. Oh, don't. I can't. That's the thing as well. I bet Matthew Kelly would eat them like a really disgusting way. Like like the way he'd peel and eat a banana like I can't even it's <laughs> it's so upsetting salt bay seasoning it all it doesn't need seasoning <laughs> stop it um okay and what would your drink choice be so see this is another thing like so I don't trust bananas I also hate tomatoes so like a tomato like a I do not understand this bloody mary um situation like and the thing is I do like tomato, like tomato on pizza, if it's pure, like I have to ask them when they come over, 
and like no one really understands the question but I'm like is the tomato is there like bits or is it like pureed and they always say it's pureed but sometimes there's bits and you can see like <laughs> the bit of the tomato and that's I can't handle that um so but I like I do if it's as long as it's smooth like pizza express I really like Pizza Express. I've said it a few times now. Um, or or um, ketchup, like that's fine. But the texture and the gunk and the green bits and the seeds and the skin, no. <laughs> I think um, I mean I'm a really big tomato fan. Oh, um, oh I, no. Okay, you them. you could go to the island as well then. <laughs> it sounds it sounds like an interesting place though. I've got to say at the minute the the, the sort of interplay of the characters and things. But no, I mean what. I do because so I do I do like tomato juice, but when I'm drinking it, it does look disgusting, and I can totally understand why people. You know, it's something that shouldn't be served in a clear glass because you know, as you're drinking it, you see like the the sides of the glass just look disgusting. Yeah. and I can totally understand why people are. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but once I was at an airport and I asked for a Bloody Mary, and the guy didn't know what one was, and I said, "I was like, <laughs> you know, it's like tomato juice and vodka," and he looked at me like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And I was like. <laughs> I know this sounds weird. I know it sounds like a weird alcoholic that's just gone through all the other drinks and now I'm just like sticking random things together so I can get pissed in a new way. But it really is a thing. He was like, well, okay. Is this, a, you know, is there a hidden <laughs> camera? Like, because he didn't seem like he'd worked there very long. <laughs> Imagine going your whole life without knowing about that. That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, it is a weird thing. And then they're also popular on planes, aren't they? I mean, people yeah. enjoy Bloody Mary on a plane. I don't understand why, why people are so mad. I don't get it. Also, I'm allergic to celery. So like that is the worst kind of straw for me. Is that, is that a straw? Why is it there? Or is it just like I a... think it's sort of like flavors it and you can stir it and eat it while you're drinking it. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a Bloody Mary fan, but I could, I could leave the celery to be honest. I don't think it's adding much. But yeah, for you, we're going to add it in, um, obviously, because it's got to be the worst one. <laughs> um, so yeah, okay. Well, look... You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Fortunately, to distract you, we, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time, and the other is your least favourite song. What are they and why? So the film, look, it's quite ironic considering the setting, but it's got to be cast away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because people love it. But I went to see it at the cinema, and... I'll tell you what, there is not much story. There's just a man and a ball. And if I wanted to see that, I'd go to the park. Like you don't, <laughs> I, I don't understand the appeal of that being a very, very long, unnecessarily long film when it's just a man and a ball. Like I want story. I want relationships. I want character. I don't want a man and a ball. Mm. Have you seen it? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I was. I was just thinking. I was on holiday the other day with my family, and we're in a swimming pool, and there was lots of balls kicking around. And my son really liked one of the balls, and he named it. I can't remember what he named it, but he got really attached to this football floating around in the pool, and it was very sweet. But you know, after like ten minutes or so, we we're ready to get out. I don't need that extended for that yeah. long <laughs> into into a film. 
That's the prequel. Yeah. <laughs> Him as a child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I suppose it's interesting in that, you know, you kind of think, oh, how would I survive? And the answer is not as well as him because he does all that maths to work out where the fuck he is. And I just give up. I just have to sit there and die with my ball. And that would be it, you know. So if I was on the island watching Castaway, I'd just realize that I'm not as good as he is at doing stuff because, you know, I'd have no idea where I was in the world or how I crashed or how to get home. Yeah. I'm a terrible swimmer, so I wouldn't be brave enough to just try and get off. It's like... If I tried to get off the island, I might as well just walk into the sea because I'm going to die. Well, that's it. Because if you, I think trying to swim off it would be too stressful because you don't know which way. Like you could so easily go one way and then just miss it, and you'd be like, like so mad with yourself. Mm. But you wouldn't even know. Yeah, and then you're just in the sea forever. Yeah, that's terrible. I mean, I enjoyed the life of Pi, but you know, he was basically going mad. I mean, I don't want to. I just don't want to be in the sea for at least we've got on an island, but although it's got ET and Matthew Kelly and Salt Bay on it. <laughs> There's bananas everywhere. Yeah, maybe the sea would be better. Anyway, I think for some reason I'd seen it, but I'd only seen the middle bit on the island and I hadn't seen the beginning for ages until recently in lockdown. I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. I didn't realise there was so much about logistics and like FedEx and stuff in it. <laughs> It's a very practical film. I haven't seen it for a long time. I just, I went to go see it at the cinema when I was a teenager and it was, it just made me so angry. And I think also I was at that age where like, so maybe it wasn't completely the film, but you're at that age where you just like want to go out and you want to do things and you're stuck watching a boring film and you're like, "Ah," like it just like makes you even more infuriated. Yeah, so it's a weird film. I think, yeah, if you're into that sort of thing, you might as well just watch like Ray Mears or something for the the sort of crafty, (laughs) inventive side of it, you know, rather than the sort of drawn out relationship stuff. Yeah, I just, there's no, there's no giving back from a ball. Mm. There's there's no drama. There's no like, I know they try and give it a personality and he like, doesn't he draw a face in it or something? Mm. It's like, I mean, there's just no, like, I like the intricacies of relationships. A ball, it's just... It's not going to happen. I think it's interesting, you know, there's a bit obviously, you know, spoiler alert, he's getting off the island and the ball floats away and he's like, well, son, well, son, because it's his <laughs> friend. And I think at some point they probably had to let that happen because I really like the idea of like the ball didn't float away and then he goes back to society, but he's got this new best friend and he can't <laughs> let go of it. And especially, you know, he's let, his wife's left him. <laughs> I want Castaway to see that. 2, we've got the prequel with uh, your son and then Castaway 2, he, he has to adapt to life with his best friend Wilson. Yeah, and he's just there getting really bitter about his wife and a new family. It's like, fucking, oh, and he's just got the ball. He's like, shut up, Wilson, don't say that about her. I still love her. And, you know, Wilson's, Wilson's just the getting... only one that's been there for me this whole time. You weren't there. You don't know what it was like. And he stuck a cigarette out of the side of the ball. He's put a little <laughs> hole in it so he can put cigarettes in. No, I'd see that film. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's going to make it, now, unfortunately, but we're going to have to make it happen. But okay, but before we do, um, what's your song choice going to be? Well, look, I'm just in the middle of it at the moment with the baby. So mm. it's very difficult because I need this song, but also I hate this song. So Baby Shark has become a mm. song that, give my baby real joy which is a wonderful thing it's also really randomly helps her go to sleep like it's like the like the bizarrest song like it's like the complete opposite of like a lullaby but it like when she hears that music she starts like going to sleep it's like a Mm. cue for her um but it's like it's just it's just in your brain just like all day every day just those 
those words over and over again and you just think what thoughts could I have had or or what things could have happened if my brain wasn't full of fucking baby shark <laughs> yeah 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 it's such a weird thing with parenting like People don't tell you just the amount of times you're going to have to listen to like two competing sound sources, neither of which you really want to hear that much for like a really extended period. <laughs> and I, I suppose the only thing I could say from having maybe, you know, having an older kids is that um, at, at some point you're going to have heard it so much you will cease to hear it anymore. Like my son, my oldest son's got this sheep that he had as a baby that, you know, plays a song when he goes to sleep. And I used to sit there with him and I just fucking hated it so much. Like, I, it's like this fucking song and it went on for 20 minutes and I have to sit there and I was like, oh God. And then it was just in my head forever. And now I, like it can be on, I won't even notice it. Like I, I can't even hear it anymore. So it's like... You have to go through that point. Yeah. But one day it will cease. It's like I worked at a radio station for years and I had the same thing with Nickelback, you know, like for a long time. <laughs> and I, I don't even hear it anymore. I don't even notice it. But for the longest time, God, it drove me insane. Yeah. You know, when they're sort of interrogating prisoners and they sort of play music on repeat or like in a siege thing and they just blast like terrible music at them for a long time and it sort of wears them down. I reckon if it was parents, they'd be okay. I think they just get through it. Uh, yeah, it's like we've been through our own war. Mm. You know, like our brains, we have a way of like switching off and just like staring at a wall, which um, is a really good skill for life and for surviving yeah. a desert island. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Baby Shark, I mean, it's it sort of, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, what again, it's like one of those things, like how did this happen? I mean, you know, we get nursery rhymes. I understand those. Some are better than others, but... How did that just kick off? You it know? doesn't make sense as a concept. Like the story doesn't make sense. Logically, it doesn't make sense. The the noise is like they have managed to like, they've made crack for babies. Like mm. it's wild. You show them the cartoon or like the music and they're just like, they're like crazy. Like they've just like cracked it. It's, um, it, it's really terrifying how um, you can control a thing that's so young that doesn't even know its own mind yet <laughs> yeah baby shark is terrible and and it, it's impossible not to start singing it or like the worst is when you start adapting it you know so you might sort of then be like <laughs> cup of tea do 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 and like, oh for fuck's sake <laughs> i feel like humanity in like 20 years it's just like we're all just going to be going around like saying our conversations to a baby shark just talking to each other like baby shark it's like a really scary uh, uh future that we've got ahead absolutely it's not climate change we need to worry about it's uh, the future <laughs> musical of baby shark yeah definitely like what did the end of the world look like well it was it was more confusing when the than when the dinosaurs died just everyone walking around it wasn't singing. actually what the scientists predicted <laughs> people it's just like, went mad from the sound of baby shark the only thing that could stop them singing in the end was the sea levels rising <laughs> sort of like going over going past their mouth and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it was a sweet release <laughs> Okay, well, finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? So this is a really difficult decision for me because I have two, like, I'm a vegetarian. I love animals. I want the best for animals apart from two animals that I, well, three technically. I don't understand why we let them be. And I know that that's a very, like, bad thing to say, but, like, I really don't understand why we don't just get rid of them. And, like, we just, like, just all just, like, 
just shut our eyes for the day and just get rid of all of them and then we're just done so rats snakes and crocodiles are my top three okay i think my absolute worst at the moment is going to have to be rats Mm. when we moved into our house did bobby say this when he came on the podcast i can't i'm trying to remember now so we moved into our house in the middle of lockdown and our house had been taken over by rats and the woman that owned the house before just hadn't mentioned like we, we'd literally got the key from her and she never f- mentioned the fact that there was a rat infestation living in the house it was like it was like something I, I can't even like describe and they were like rats in the walls like oh, my cat was like terrified like they were like a rat ran over Bobby, Bobby's foot and like ran out of the house like for freedom and then we had to like flee the house, like just, it was like after the first place that we'd bought, like it was so exciting. And then within 24 hours we had to flee because uh, the rats owned the house. It was oh awful. God. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think there's just something about animals. Like even if, like I don't have a particular problem with rats until I see one like out of context, you know, like if it's, you know, like I've had pet rats with friends before we had a shared house and that was fine. They were like nice and in a cage and it's okay. But when no. you see them like, I've seen them on the street and I'm like, oh, the fuck is that? You know, like it's, and and that, I mean, that environment, that sounds horrendous. I mean, if they were all in my house, it's just, because what do you, what do you fucking do? Like, you can't, like, you can't just, you know, a fly you can swat. You can't like just swat a rat. Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't, what did you do? You have you to do? bare just knuckle it? fight a rat. Um, it's, um, it was wild. Like there was like, because there was like a weird smell and like, we knew that we had to do like a lot of work to the place, but like there was, a, and like, that's part of the reason why we got it. But like there was this weird smell and we just couldn't get rid of it. And we were like pulling apart cupboards and like trying to clean. And we just found this like pile of rat shit. And then we opened a drawer and there was a sign in one of the drawers saying, keep drawer open for rat wrangling. And then we Googled rat wrangling. And apparently it's like, it is like a way of like living harmoniously among the rats. <laughs> so I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but. The rats took over and it was just, it was, it was literally a living nightmare. It so was the, me, the rats and Matthew Kelly. It was, it was awful. Cause when I moved into this house, the person who lived here before wrote me a note saying like, oh, by the way, this is how the heater works. Like, this, <laughs> like, you know, this is how the thermostat works. It's a bit funny, but here's the knack. They didn't like say, <laughs> keep this drawer open to, to live peacefully with the rat infestation. <laughs> Loved a note saying how the heating works. That I would have absolutely loved that. That's um, so insane. Like that was obviously was left for you. I mean, how <laughs> you wouldn't need to remind yourself. <laughs> I don't know if it was a reminder for the the family. If it was like a like like you know like you leave note like I maybe leave for, passive... for the cleaner who obviously isn't doing the, doing <laughs> yeah. the job very well. Like, I leave passive aggressive notes for my husband. Like I have been known to leave notes saying like open the curtains, otherwise he like won't <laughs> open the curtains. But like. Leave drawer open for rat wrangling. It's really, it's too much. Oh man, that is, oh, that is so bad. Obviously, you know, we can get into snakes and crocodiles as well. But I mean, I, I hope, I don't know, you haven't got like a garden full of crocodiles. <laughs> as well. And then we went upstairs. And we were like, what the fuck? <laughs> and leave toilet seat down for crocodiles. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I just don't like them. We, um, we went to the Gambia one year and, um, it was amazing, like it was so beautiful, but we went to this restaurant and outside they had 
a, a lagoon full of crocodiles and they were like it's the mystical lagoon like the crocodiles just live in the lagoon but they don't attack and i think what they mean is it's the lagoon full of drugs that keep the crocodiles really quiet because they're really really sedated um but you had to like sit by them and eat knowing there was a crocodile there and i just i find them so unnerving and so mm. evil and i know you shouldn't say that about an animal but i i do think they're evil they've got like two settings they're either so still you think they're dead or they're so fast and dangerous that, you know where's your middle setting yeah. like, what? <laughs> like how can you live with something like find that find a medium crocodiles yeah and yeah, I mean, snakes, obviously we can, I mean, I suppose the snakes could eat the rats, so that might help. But I mean, if it's going to be the worst island, we're going to assume that they're just going to live in harmony. They've, they've seen the note about the rat wrangling. and <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the, the snakes will eat the rats and then the crocodiles will eat the snakes. But then you'll just get like super crocodiles because they'll be so strong because of all the mm. rats and the snakes that they've eaten. And it's like, it's going to be real bad. I mean, we've ended on a really strong note there because I think just the idea of, you know, the snakes eat the rats and the crocodiles eat the snakes it's i mean we can't better that sentence I <laughs> i'm gonna have nightmares now about this island about matthew kelly and the crocodiles and the snakes and the rats and the bananas and the tomatoes and the ets uh, well do you know what i had a therapist who was saying because i was having lots of bad nightmares or bad sleep and she was saying no the idea is not to not think about it you want to like you know write it all down before you go to bed and then your brain's done all the the churning around and then you can sleep better so maybe now this is, you know, maybe this will be the answer. Maybe, you know, they'll banish all the bad things from your mind. Maybe. I'm no psychologist. I've never pretended to be, but you never know. <laughs> anyway, look, let's distract you. Harriet, tell us what you're up to, because you've just been at Edinburgh. You've got a tour going on. You do podcasts. You've got lots going on. Yes. Yeah, so I'm at, um, I'm not sure if this is out in time, but I'm at Soho Theatre mm -hmm. um, all of next week, which is very exciting. And then I'm on tour uh, nationwide. So if you live nationwide um i'm probably, <laughs> probably coming um and then um yeah just doing like bits and bobs um hopefully i've had a podcast for a long time and i think we're rejigging it and hopefully launching um something new soon so um so yeah the best thing is like to follow me on uh instagram or something um it's harriet kemsley and then that's where what i'm up to will be brilliant well we'll all look out for your stuff there and uh thank you for coming on desert island so it's been a real pleasure Thank you. It's been so fun. I can't believe the baby is still asleep. This is um, yeah, it's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so there you go. That was Desert Islandics with Harriet Kemsley. I hope you enjoyed it. And um yeah, that's it, really. I mean, just another reminder uh, to get your tickets now for the podcast festival. Um, it's Thursday, 6th of October. John Robbins will be joining us and it should be fantastic. And I would love to meet you in real life. Um, what else I was going to say? As always, it's really helpful if you can leave us a rating and a review. Um, really helps us out a lot. I won't go into all the reasons why, but it makes a lot more difference than you'd expect. Desert Island Dicks was a sync clap production created and produced by James Deacon, presented and produced by me, Dan Benedictus, and edited expertly by Chris Attaway. And as always, I'd like to say a very special thank you to the one and only John Deacon. Well, 
not one and only. There's obviously the bass player from Queen is John Deacon. I mean James's dad, John Deacon, for his uh, continued and very appreciated support. Okay, that's it. We'll be back with another Desert Island Index very soon. Thank you very much. Goodbye.